that's where he started was he had all of these yeah these, lost everything yeah exactly these notes uh where he had basically had to pay three million dollars he was three million dollars in debt and they Ooh. all came due and it was like it started this essentially the the opposite snowball where he couldn't catch up and there was no way to get out of it Welcome to episode six of the Potentially Successful Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff James, and this is my co-host, Baxter Rob. We're here to jump into our personal finance journeys. We want you to come along, learn with us. We're, gonna, we're making a ton of mistakes already, but we want you to learn with us. You're doing the recap? Ah, hey, last week we talked about budgeting. We talked about why it's good, how it's how it's actually gives you freedom and doesn't restrict you. Um, some practicals on how to budget, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, this week, Jeff, I want to talk about debt. Um, that's a big line item on most people's budget is debt and these monthly expenses, reoccurring expenses, whether that's a house payment, a car payment, paying off a credit card. It can be a lot of different things. And so I want to talk about that today, but I want to start with a statistic. So I was reading about kind of the average debt in America across different age groups. And so from 18 to 23, it says that the average debt is uh, $9,500 give or take. Um, and this is from CNBC. Um, for ages 24 to 39, that jumps up to almost $80,000. Wow. And then from ages 40 to 50, it goes up even further to about $140,000. Mm. And so those were just like huge numbers. It starts kind of small, um, but it's growing over time mm. until, um, you know, people older or closer to retirement are typically trying to pay off debt so that they're able to retire. And so, um, yeah, that just really stood out to me as, as debt is a big problem. It's, it's something that needs to be addressed. And if you're not addressing debt in your life, then you're probably not going to be making the, the strides towards financial freedom. Um, or at least making them maybe as quickly as you might want to, because you're paying interest and all these other things to, to these expenses. Yeah. I mean, Hmm. Debt. I mean, first of all, that's um, a lot to take in just because, I mean, you know, at some point I've had some debt and people I know definitely have had debt and it, it definitely affects your personal life. Yeah. It's not just something that's, that you accrue and you can go on, uh, you know, go on about your life without it affecting your mental mm -hmm. state or your stress levels or even like what you are, what you can and can't do with your money, yeah. right? So it's definitely something that you don't want, uh, you know, if you have any way to get out of it, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I mean, yeah. So today, what 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 exists out there? What methodologies exist? What ideas exist to kind of attack debt? Yeah. And get rid of it. Yeah. Um, I would say the first and maybe the most popular is Dave Ramsey's um, mm. method to get out of debt. He's helped millions of people um, get out of debt. And so if you haven't heard of Dave Ramsey, I would encourage you to look into it because I think for most people, it's a great starting place. Yeah, if you, if you don't sure. have any, any experience with personal finance or how to manage your, your budget or what to do, if you just feel like you're drowning, he's a great spot. He, he has what he calls the baby yeah. steps. So I want to walk through those just really quick. Um, and we can talk about them in a little bit more detail. So baby step one is he says, start saving a thousand dollars. We, we, we read a statistic last week that 69% 
percent of Americans have less than a thousand dollars saved. And so that would be for an emergency fund. So if, if you have an expense that comes up that you can't cover, you have a thousand dollars to go towards that. If you don't have anything, then um, all you're going to do is probably go into more debt. So he says, start with a thousand dollars, get that in the bank, and have that saved. You're not touching that unless an emergency yeah. pops so just, up. So just a little bit of a cushion. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And then after that, he says, okay, what you need to do next is pay off all of your debt except for your house. Um, and what he would recommend is if you have multiple loans or credit card payments or different things, is to start smallest to largest. So build what he calls the debt snowball. So by gaining small wins and paying off small debts, you'll gain momentum and be able to pay off even, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, of debt. So there's some really incredible stories. Of yeah. People I like there. that because the, the, the small wins motivate you yeah. to keep going and attack higher and higher yeah. amounts of debt. And then his uh, baby step three would be save three to six months worth of expenses, and that would be your full emergency fund. And so what that does is allow you to, if you lose your job or if something comes up, maybe even larger than a $1,000 expense, you have some cash savings that you're not investing anywhere that you have the ability to pay for those things. So that way, once you get out of debt, the goal is to not go back into debt. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what will set you up part um there and then um after baby step three he goes into four five and six and these can kind of be be done um in in kind of a couple of different orders but he would say baby step four would be invest 15 percent of your household income into mutual funds um i think there's index funds and lots of different ways to invest but he specifically recommends mutual funds um as as that so if you start investing 50 percent of your household income then you're setting yourself up for retirement not only are you keeping away the debt but you're starting to think okay how do i make this last long term how do i how do i get to retirement um, um, step five, baby step five would be if you have um, kids, start saving for college um, because you don't want to set them up for um, having to take out student loans as well. If you've essentially set up your family to not be in debt further, what what better blessing than to pass that on to, to the next generation and onto your kids? So yeah. start thinking about that. I mean, he doesn't really give tons and tons of specifics, but I think it is just kind of what you can do. And I think you'd be surprised at over, you know, 18 or 20 years, how much that interest can compound and really grow um, to have a sizable chunk for mm-hmm. your kid to, to go to college. Um, baby step six would be pay off your home early. And so I think, I think step three B, he has like a sub step somewhere in there. If you don't have a home to save up, um, enough money for a 20% down payment on a home, um, and be able to purchase your first home. So then step six would be to pay off that home early. So that way, um, for most people, your housing expense is your largest expense Mm -hmm. every month. I know it is for me. Mm -hmm. And so if you can pay that off, it's, it's like getting paid an extra thousand, fifteen hundred, you know, two thousand dollars a month, depending on what that expense is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just extra money in your pocket every month. Um, and then baby step seven would be after you've paid off all of your expenses, including your house, is to continue to build wealth through whatever kind of um, methods that you think he would recommend mutual funds and then buying real estate in cash um, to, to not continue to go into debt and then to give generously to, to live like nobody else. Um, and so that's kind of how he breaks it down, which I think are really great tools um, for people that find themselves in a lot of debt and um, 
it really teaches you not only how to get out of debt, but how to avoid debt. And for for most people, this is a great step-by-step plan because like we've said, navigating the world of personal finance can be really difficult and really overwhelming. And it's like, hey, if you just do these things, you're going to make it. You're going to be really a, a millionaire in most cases mm-hmm. by the time that you reach retirement. Yeah. Um, the reason I respect Dave Ramsey's approach is he um, basically has made this game plan that's the closest thing to a one-size-fits-all mm. uh, compared to almost any other methodology yeah. here. And it's, it, the idea is not, hey, how do you maximize or maybe even uh, maybe not even what's the most efficient or mm-hmm. the quickest. It's just how do you build a strong foundation financially that um, is going to be hard, very difficult. Yeah to undo right uh, he uses the word prosperous a lot or prosperity in, in the sense of hey i'm not go- you're not going for jeff bezos wealth mm-hmm. you're going for prosperity in you and your family's life mm-hmm. like how much money do you really need yeah. and if you get out of the mind outside of the mindset of like you know how do i how do i become a billionaire or yeah. a multi multi multi-millionaire um how do i just create prosperity and gener- generational wealth for my family. Yeah. So I really appreciate that about him. And I think he gets a lot of flack from the people who who kind of have the other side of the okay. methodology because it's like, oh, that's not the best way to do it. And you know, the, the reality is he's not designing it to be the best way mm-hmm. to make the most money. He's mm-hmm. designing it so that the most people who are stuck in that statistic that you've mentioned of all the debt that you mentioned, you know, at the beginning of this episode or uh, a few episodes ago when we talked about 69% of Americans don't have even a thousand dollars in the bank. It's like, those are the people this is designed yeah. for plus anyone else. Right. So yeah, I, re- I really respect that about the way he's pioneered kind of this, yeah. this method. Um, the other side of it though mm-hmm. is um, the methodology that I was introduced to by reading Robert Kiyosaki's books um, and then uh, really learned a lot more and more and more about it by listening to like Bigger Pockets mm-hmm. podcasts and reading some of their books. And that's the idea that that you know debt itself is neutral, but it's really how you use it that makes it either good or bad debt, right? So you don't need to be scared of debt. You can actually leverage debt against yourself to make things happen fast. What does that mean? Right. So in the same way that Dave Ramsey might say. Um, hey, take this $150,000 that you've saved up and buy that one house mm-hmm. in cash. You know, this Robert Kiyosaki method or the what bigger pockets teaches is say, okay, take that $150,000 and buy, take, take out mortgages on five different houses, mm. right? Put, put a percentage down on each of those yeah. houses, but make them all rental houses that produce income that, that over time will pay themselves off. You're, you're putting money down to get the, to get the the mortgages or the loans out on them, but it's actually the rental income that's going to pay off the house and build you that asset. Um, the key there is it's at the risk of, you know, you, you owe that money yeah. to someone, right? So with Dave Ramsey's method being prosperous and saying, this is, you know, stone cold cash that I'm passing over to gain this asset. You can't take this away from mm-hmm. me. I own this. The the Kiyosaki method would would be much quicker and generate income, but it's, at the risk of sure. defaulting on loans or or whatever, sure. does that make sense? Yeah. So, would you say? Would you do you think Kiyosaki would say that um, 
that like you should just take on as like much debt as you can like all debt is good like just just borrow as much money as you can is that is that what he's saying no so he his, his thing is good debt versus okay. bad debt right and and his, the way he defines that is good debt is income producing debt so um he's probably the first person that I heard I'm sure this idea has been around but the first person that I heard that that called um, or that defined a house or a mortgage on a house as, hey, that's not an asset. That's actually a liability. Yeah. And the, the reason he defines it that way is because the house takes money out of your pocket every month and doesn't, put, it doesn't produce income for you, mm-hmm. right? So if the debt produces income in some way that you can actually have positive cash flow, that's good debt. Mm-hmm. That's what he would consider good debt. Um, so that's the idea there. So if you build up enough of that cash flow through leveraging yourself out through these loans, then you have the opportunity to, again, use that cash flow to first first of all pay off those loans themselves. Um, and then once those loans are paid off, it's similar to what you said with Dave Ramsey, that you have all that money now coming into your pocket yeah. with no expense to pay. Yeah, um, It's just the riskier journey yeah. to get so, there. So you would say that, so what Kiyosaki is saying is that, that good debt is... Um, is something that produces income is an asset that produces income, but a, a liability is something that takes money out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. So like a exactly. house. And so that can, you know, I think, I think I, I read that as well. And that was kind of a, an interesting shift in my mind. Cause I think for a long time I grew up thinking, Oh, a house is like your first major investment where yeah. you're putting a lot of money into it. And so it's a big deal. And so I think, just that that mindset shift is really helpful to say, oh well, what happens if you lose your job? You know, okay, then then that that is no longer an investment. It's really a big liability because you're not able to build wealth in it if you can't pay off the mortgage yeah. every single month. No, you're one hundred percent correct, and I think um, the Kiyosaki method is is at least now where I'm at is more attractive because it's 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 just you know it's faster, right? Yeah. It's more efficient. You're going to get there. I think the key for me is, you know, I'm about to turn 30. So mm-hmm. I have more time that in case something does get, in case I make a huge mistake with my finances, I will be able to recover yeah. before retirement probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but the Dave Ramsey method is what I used myself to get to where I currently am. Mm-hmm. Um, the The idea that something... Uh, the, here, the way I look at it is kind of uh, so the emergency fund of the Dave, Dave Ramsey, right? That's like a cushion, right? That's a that's like a a pillow or something to fall on, yeah. When when something comes up, right? But the s- step um, three, save three to six months of expenses. That's like a coat of armor, right? Mm-hmm. You're building up an armor mm-hmm. around, so that way the little nicks, the little things that come your way, they don't do much damage because you have this huge protection yeah. in, in in terms of you know financially um the kiyosaki method is like you're building up you're trying really fast to build up this armor mm-hmm. but at any given moment you know all it takes is the perfect storm to get you to get that armor to come undone yeah right i mean perfect example that no one could have predicted is the pandemic that mm. we're in right now right and it's like we we, we know people uh, or know of people in our city 
that like they were all in on multiple properties, like you know, 10 like to super leveraged, right? Yeah, 10, 10 yeah. to fifteen properties, all leveraged on mortgages that they were Airbnb. They they were doing short term rentals on Airbnb through, mm-hmm. and you know, a few months into COVID, uh, we saw them trying to sell off everything, yeah. right? And 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 I'm sure there's you know a bigger story there, um, but at the very you know to to oversimplify it, it was you know when you're over leveraged you know that's kind of the first thing to go yeah. right uh it's not a f- firm foundation to stand yeah. on um but again if used wisely if used sparingly if used in the right ways can be really powerful yeah. really effective especially in real estate so to to kind of recap what you're saying it sounds like you're saying that the 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 biggest pro for um kind of the Kiyosaki to kind of leverage yourself to take out a loan uh, to buy an income producing asset. And we mentioned real estate, but there are others. And so uh, that is beneficial because it can help accelerate your growth. Not only do you have your ability to save money, but you have somebody else's ability to pay off whatever uh, they are giving you each month. So in the case of real estate, that would be the rent check. So mm-hmm. they're helping pay for your mortgage, which is not money out of your pocket. It's money out of somebody else's pocket that is adding value to your home. Mm-hmm. Plus maybe some cash flow, some money that is after expenses that you get to keep as a profit. So that's the pro. The con can be in the event um, that something unforeseen happens or that that even that you just are taking on risky investments or maybe too many investments that you can over leverage yourself. And, you know, you, you mentioned real estate of somebody, you know, having, you know, 10 or 15 homes and what that might look like is, yeah, they may have, you know, $500,000 or a million dollars in assets um, in terms of real estate houses that they own. But if they have seven or $8 million of loans, then they don't have a lot of equity there that mm-hmm. they're really leveraged. So that way when people stop paying their mortgage or they stop giving them income, all of a sudden they have these huge bills due each yeah. month. And that's, yeah. and I even, even Dave mentions that's where he started was he had all of these, yeah, these lost everything. Yeah, exactly. These notes, uh, where he had basically had to pay $3 million. He was $3 million in debt and they Ooh. all came due. And it was like, it started this essentially the, the opposite snowball where he couldn't catch up and there was no way to get out of it except for, you know, I, I don't know if he declared bankruptcy or what, but it was, he, he found himself very over leveraged. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I think, I think there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. So what do you like about, uh, Kiyosaki's method versus Dave Ramsey? Are there, are there pieces that you kind of pick and choose from both? Are there things that, that you don't really like? What, what do you, maybe what are you applying in your life currently? Yeah. Um, my favorite, um, well, let me say this. I really like Kiyosaki's method because when I read his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I highly recommend, um, it started getting me thinking about how to be creative with money. Uh, there is a question that he asked in that book that says, um, or a quote that says, uh, don't ask or don't say, you know, I can't afford that thing. Uh, say, how can I afford that? And then because that gets you, you know, one saying I can't afford this stops the question right there. Right. It stops the progress and you just move on to the next thing. Yeah. But if you ask yourself the question, how can I afford that? Then you're going to then you're going to actually go through a process of figuring out, is there a process in which I can generate enough income or whatever to get 
you know, acquire that asset or acquire that thing that I want. So you right? like the possibility of Kiyosaki instead yeah. of kind of just following a plan a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. But that's not to, you know, throw shade on on Dave Ramsey's yeah. method because it was Dave Ramsey's method that when I was living paycheck to paycheck, I needed, right? I just mm-hmm. needed the bare bones. Hey, help me get out of this pit I'm in. Yeah. And, you know, get me to some sort of solid ground, firm foundation. Yeah. Um, so I think even when I say that, right, it's helpful. Uh, I, I think both are helpful and both are needed uh, in your life at different times. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it probably aligns with, yeah, your specific goals, your specific personality even. Um, and just like what works for you specifically. For me, uh, now that I have a little bit more of a foundation, I like the creative mindset towards money because... Yeah, it's it's just it's just more interesting. It it makes finances a little bit of a game that you have to go and figure out, right? Mm. So even now, uh, when I got uh, married last year, um, or actually in 2019, um, we were living in an apartment, um, and it was a great rent, like it was relatively cheap for the location. Mm-hmm. And my wife started talking about um, buying a house, mm. and I knew that buying a house was a great, you know, concept, but it comes with all these other costs, right? Yeah, it's expensive. If, I, if I'm spending, I think it was 700 a month to live in, in, in downtown, uh, I was like, ooh, do I really want to double this and have to furnish a whole house and have to do maintenance and yeah. have to, all that stuff, right? It's all that's part of it. It's not just buying a house. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot of extra expense. Um, so after reading Robert Kiyosaki's books and some Bigger Pockets books, I stumbled across something called house hacking, which is basically figuring out a housing situation where the house pays for itself. Mm. And so one of the common methods is a duplex, right? You buy a duplex, you have someone rent out one side, and then you live in the other side, but their rent on the other side pays for the mortgage of the duplex. Mm. So you're living for free, uh, successfully, um, you know, removing the largest expense that yeah, you have really monthly, like that. right? Yeah. And so that concept was amazing. I was like, I'm, I'm not even trying to make money here. I'm just trying to reduce my my housing expense uh, as close as possible down to zero. <clears throat> so so she she jumped on that train yeah. and she she totally agreed. And she was the one that was actively looking for houses. So So she started looking for houses that had something like we started looking for duplexes didn't find too many Mm -hmm. so she started looking for houses that had some way that we could either rent out a room uh, or something like that right just to reduce our mortgage by some amount uh we found a house with uh with the back house like Mm -hmm. just a small little like mother-in-law suite type thing yeah Yeah. uh and so we're like okay great let's look into it we looked at the house and we're we we like fell in love with the place and but we on that walkthrough we, we also realized that the house, the main house was a four bedroom and the way it was laid out was two bedrooms on either side of the main living room mm-hmm. and kitchen area. So it felt pretty separate and we have a tight knit friend group and we realized, okay, we have, we have a, a brother and sister in our friend group that are like very close friends of ours that would be perfect on the other side yeah. of the house. And we, 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 you know, brought the idea up to them and they, they loved it. And, you know, we're having a great time living with all of our friends um, and having 85% of our mortgage taxes yeah. insurance all paid for. That's awesome. And so it's like, I pay like three to $400 a month yeah. to live in this house. And, yeah. and so it's not that this will last forever, right? It's like, as soon as one of them move out, we might have to find someone else to move in. 
or we might not be comfortable with someone who's sure. not such a close friend. Yeah. But it's like for the time being, it has us thinking creatively on how to get some of our mortgage paid yeah. for, right? Um, and it, it, yeah, it's just um, it, it was the bigger pockets and the Kiyosaki mindsets that I've been learning about that got me thinking creatively. Come Otherwise, on. I would probably probably be in the boat of you know first year of marriage, thinking that the American dream is buying a house, and then you buy that house, and then you are in over your head with yeah. expenses, and you have very little wiggle room to invest or do anything uh, like you know towards you know freedom or great experiences mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. What about I, what about you? Um, yeah, that's great. I I really I think I align with you too. Um, but the thing I like about both is that they start from the same place. Like so, Dave Ramsey and Robert Kiyosaki both agree that there are bad types of debt. Dave mm-hmm. Ramsey would probably say all debt is bad debt. He understands that most people need a mortgage uh, to take out a uh, take out a mortgage to buy their first home and maybe you know a second home or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and but you know where they differ is where Kiyosaki would say you can leverage yourself further to help accelerate that growth, whether it's a business or real estate or different things. Um, but I like that you know we're, we are kind of. They are different in a lot of ways, and they're kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of what they think on debt. But in terms of sound financial principles, they would say, like, I think Kiyosaki would probably say, you do need to have an emergency fund. And if you're if you're leveraging yourself, your emergency fund needs to include the the expenses of the house and those other things to do it. You can't just be like flying by razor thin with a few thousand dollars saved, but millions of dollars in debt. Like, because if some, if any small wrinkle comes up, Mm -hmm. it can all come crashing down. And so I think they both start there, you know, they are different. Um, but I I would lean, um, I think, you know, like you said, because, because we're younger, because we have that opportunity, I would lean towards Kiyosaki a little bit more um, than Dave Ramsey, even that that's kind of the principles I grew up on. It helped, like you said, lay the foundation for um, the emergency fund and the habit of saving and even how I think about investing in, you know, a certain percentage of my income goes towards passive investments that I'm not going to touch for 30 or 40 years. I think those are yeah. all sound principles. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, do I want to wait 20 or 30 years until I get to my end goal? Or can I accelerate that by maybe taking out smart loans or leveraging myself in a way um, that can, can make a difference? And yeah. so one example, I mean, yeah, you took out a loan recently, right? Yeah. So one example is my wife needed a new car and we had enough money to pay for it in cash. Um, but we, um, we had different ideas of what that money was for. I don't know if I've talked about that on the show, but I've talked about it a few times of that. I thought that the money we had saved was for a rental home and that's what I wanted it to be for. And Holly wanted it to be for a car. Mm. And we, from there kind of had, we, we kind of reconciled our differences. And so I was like, man, I don't want to pay all this money towards a, a depreciating asset. One that's not going to increase in value, but decrease. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd rather invest in a real estate home um, or and have a rental property that can produce um, income for me, you know, an asset that produces income as good debt. Um, and so what we ended up doing was we ended up taking out a loan for the car um, with a low interest rate to keep those cash reserves. And we're looking to invest in a rental property right now. Like we're actively looking for mm-hmm. a home. So that way we can have a larger 
down payment for the home or even maybe make multiple homes and I'm expecting a higher rate of return on my money through those homes that will offset the cost of that um, that car loan. And so um, I don't think car loans are necessarily a great idea. I probably even said a year ago that I'd literally never take out a loan, but it was like, Oh, there's actually opportunity. It's, it's more flexible. So I do like that flexibility, but I, the thing I do like to go back to Dave Ramsey, the thing I really do admire is like you said, is it works for most people. It worked for me for a long time. And Mm -hmm. I still really believe in a lot of the principles he says, um, because the goal, at least my goal in life is not to like, make as much money as possible. Like Dave Ramsey says prosperous. You said that he, he talks about this prosperous life and it's like, that looks like time freedom. That looks like, yeah, having the money to do what you want, but it also looks like peace of mind to me. And so I'm not going to leverage myself and buy 20, 30, 40 real estate properties and just like always be buying more. It's like, I might get to a point where I'm able to produce enough income and then I'd like the peace of mind of having everything paid for and basically owning everything outright. And that would kind of lean a little bit back towards what Dave Ramsey would say. But I like the balance that there is there and the the flexibility, I think, that that comes with the creative financing and knowing that some debt you can work, you can really have work for you Mm -hmm. um, as long as you're not overdoing it. Yeah, I, I, even in that example, Excuse me. Even in that example, you, um, you know, you're not stuck with just one of these methodologies. You've said, okay, for this exact or for this specific situation we're in, what's better, right? Do we pay all cash always, or Mm. do we take out a strategic loan so that we can move forward on, you know, being able to put a a bigger down payment down on a house, right? And I mean, we had talked about that when you're in 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 the decision making Mm -hmm. process, and I I mean, I, I I think. I would have done the same thing yeah. that you did just because again, it's, it was, it's just that ability to be able to pivot between these methodologies or whatever other methodologies are out there to make the right choice for you at, with the specific variables that you're experiencing. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's a big recommendation for me. Mm-hmm. It's don't, don't, you know, feel like any, either of these methodologies or any other methodologies methodology that you find is that you have to be so strict about it. Right. It's, it's all, a chess game that you're that you're figuring out. Okay, what what works here what, and what works here now might not be the answer then and there. Yeah. You know. Um, so how do people how do people get out of debt? Right. Mm-hmm. Like like what are the practicals? Right. What what do you what are the what are the strategies for getting out of this the debt that they might find themselves in today? Yeah. Um. I mean, you can go the Dave Ramsey route. Right. You. We talked about the debt snowball. So he, he said you know save a little bit of money for a rainy day. Um, have that emergency fund and then pay it off smallest to largest. Mm-hmm. Um, another another way, like as in terms of the lump sum of the debt, yeah. another way to think of it might be, um, you know, you could pay it off in, in terms of highest interest rate first, whatever's costing you the most. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you can do a calculation that is, what is the interest that I'm paying per loan? Like if you have a really large loan with a lower interest rate, you're probably paying more interest over time than you are a small loan, even with a high rate. And so you could calculate it that way. Um, so you can kind of get creative 
Um, but I think a lot of it comes down to the timing. So yeah. I think Dave Ramsey's like snowball method is proven. And it's that if you need those small wins, if you haven't been paying off debt before, sometimes like paying off a credit card or, you know, a phone bill or something that you have yeah. can be that, that spark that you need to really start aggressively pursuing your debt. So, you know, I, I would recommend that. Um, there are definitely other options that, you know, that I just kind of mentioned, um, I don't think you can go wrong with any of those as long as you're pursuing that goal intently. Um, and I think that's why Dave would probably say start with the smallest is because you start building that momentum rather than if you start with the largest, like say you have a $100,000 school loan, it might take you a few years. And over the course of maybe the first six months, you get really disheartened because you don't feel like you've made a dent and then you give up. Yep. And so that's, I think, the benefit of the snowball, at least. For sure. So... um a bunch of different methods on how to attack your debt, how to get rid of that debt. But whatever is aligned, our, our advice is whatever is aligned with your personal finance goals and whatever is aligned with your personality, really, mm-hmm. right? Like like Baxter said, if you are just starting and need, you know, those small wins to keep you going and 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 really experience some joy out of this process, yeah, start <clears throat> start with your smallest debt yeah and and you know if that's a hundred dollars on a credit card or a thousand dollars on a credit card start with that and pay it off and then move on to the next one and, and keep getting uh, you know attacking the, the bigger and bigger debts as you go and that way you know you have wins along the way mm-hmm. but if you're um you know maybe a little bit more seasoned than you do but you still have some debt and you're willing you're you, you know you're willing and motivated to get out of debt then maybe uh, the most efficient way or the cheapest way really is to pay off whatever's costing you the most mm-hmm. first. Right. And, and you know, you can motivate yourself if you have that internal motivation to be able to pay off that debt. So whatever is aligned with your goals and aligned with your personality is the method that you should, you should take for uh, attacking your debt. Yeah. I think that's the key to the whole thing, right? Th- this idea of whatever really makes sense for you. And, and I think that is, is it for Dave um, Ramsey's method or Robert Kiyosaki's um, depending on your life stage, depending on your, your tolerance of risk and kind of what you're comfortable with and how you're comfortable managing your money is really going to determine where you fall on this kind of spectrum of, do you think all debt is bad? Do you think some debt is good? Do you want to maximize as much debt as you can to get as much money as, as you can in a, in a short of time as possible? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would say that, my action um, kind of challenge to, to the to the audience this week would be um, if you're not already start tracking your debt and get familiar with it and then come up with a plan of attack. What do you how do you feel about debt? Um, if, you, if you have any debt that is, you know, credit cards, student loans, things that are just taking money out of your pocket that don't have any ability to put money back into your pocket, you need to get rid of those. You need to come up with a plan of attack. How you do that, there's some different options out there. So do your research, look into Dave Ramsey, look at his baby steps, um, look at what other people say about debt as well. Um, And if you don't have any debt, you should should start to think, okay, what what are my thoughts about debt? Do I want to pay for everything in cash going forward? Or can I leverage myself a little bit to accelerate my growth there? But with that, Am I comfortable with the risk? Am I comfortable um, with the potential that, you know, I could lose things and I might have to pay stuff or if things go wrong, if a pandemic happens, who knows? And so you have to be, uh, uh, you know, able to roll with the punches like we've talked about in goal setting. Yep. And so um, I would say those are the kind of the two action points that, that I would leave you guys with. 
Yeah. Um, with that, the, the leverage, just make sure you learn before you leverage yourself. Mm. Don't invest in anything you don't understand. Research, research, and research some more. Um, again, learn learn about it before you get yourself leveraged in, in something you don't understand. Yeah, that's really good. Well, that's our episode for today. If you have found any value in what you heard today, we'd love for you to engage with us in the comments, and we'd love for you to share it with a friend. I'm Jeff James. I'm Baxter Rob. And this is the Potentially Successful Podcast.